Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. For the first time in U.S. history, a former president is facing federal charges. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A grand jury has indicted former President Donald Trump on seven counts over his handling of classified documents after leaving the White House. This marks Trump's second indictment in months. And the news comes as Trump remains the front runner of a growing field of Republican candidates for the 2024 presidential election. Here to share his thoughts is Democratic Congressman Mike Quigley. He serves Illinois' 5th District, which includes Chicago's north side and near suburbs. Congressman, what's your reaction to this news? You know, it shows you how perverse things have gotten because my initial reaction wasn't about the legal issues and their historic quality. My initial reaction was, and, and maybe it's because I was in the room on January 6th uh, and heard what the president said inciting violence in his New York uh, state indictment. My initial concern was the safety of members of Congress, the safety of law enforcement and investigators and prosecutors uh, of a president who has a following uh, that he doesn't mind uh, inciting to violence. So uh, I, I get it. There's a lot to talk about here, and this is absolutely critical. Yeah. But I, I just think it shows you how how far we've gone astray when uh, we have a former president who's not only indicted, but uh, your concern is about violence rather than the legal issues. Mm. What are you hearing from your colleagues on both sides of the aisle? You know, I, I don't think there's going to be much of a, a surprise on either side. Uh, I think this was telegraphed to an extent. I think the prosecutors last year kind of revealed uh, which statutes they were looking at when they searched Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, uh, the espionage issues, uh, the obstruction issues. Uh, it was pretty clear that uh, uh, there had to be probable cause, obviously, for a judge back then to sign off on this. So I think Especially after New York, the ice was broken. Uh, most assumed that this was going to take place. Mm -hmm. They recognize what the reaction is. And uh, I think unofficially, small sample, uh, they wouldn't be surprised if there isn't uh, another indictment involving January 6th or coming out of Georgia as well. And I mean, the details around the indictment, we're still waiting. They're, they're still emerging. But what do we know about the types of documents that Trump kept after he left office? Sure. Again, when when the you got probable cause, you're 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 thinking Espionage Act, uh, illegal retention of national defense information is the quote in the statute. That that's very very serious, uh, and I think you couple that with the uh, 18 U.S.C. Um, 1519, the obstruction. You know, you can read between the lines that uh, and, and another uh, President Trump uh, staffer was indicted. That tells you that we're talking about conspiracy here, obviously more than one person agreeing to commit a crime. And did they intentionally try to impede the, in the inquiry? Did they hide documents? Did they move? Obviously, it, what appears to be uh, going to be in the indictment is uh, – 
you know, they swore that all the documents were turned over, yet in the investigation, the search of Mar-a-Lago revealed uh, they found evidence uh, just to the contrary. But this is serious stuff. I served, I served on the House Permanent Select Committee for eight years. And I will say this. I never saw a Democrat or Republican mishandle documents. The culture on the legislative side of this was uh, strict and appreciative that it's not just national security. It's those that help us have our national security. Uh, those sources who are so critical, uh, this, the fact that this stuff is, is mishandled and intentionally is, is even worse, mm-hmm. right, and that you lie about it. And, of course, our methods of how we obtain this, that our, our adversaries can reverse engineer and determine how we got this information, shutting it off in the future. So yeah. uh, I think it's serious. Uh, obviously, from a legal point of view, I think this is more serious for the most serious legal issue the president, the former president has faced. Yeah, quite serious. I mean, he's facing seven federal charges, as I mentioned at the top, including conspiracy to obstruct justice, also making false statements. So given what you just described, Congressman, in your view, what is the appropriate penalty here? Well, again, a criminal defense attorney, presumption of innocence, uh, if found guilty, um, uh, mere mortals, when you add uh, the obstruction issues, the conspiracy issues, mere mortals would serve time in jail. Uh, It's impossible to predict, uh, given these circumstances. Um, but I, again, I was part of the two impeachment investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to forgive me for wondering if this former president will ever be held accountable. There is no way I see either of these two sets of charges going to trial or being completed before the next presidential election. So uh, yeah. I, I'm I mean, not cynical thinking this is a man running for president. Not just for narcissism, he has to be, but to have provide himself the ultimate legal defense. He insists he's done nothing wrong. He says he's going to, quote, prove his innocence very quickly. Uh, he's, Trump is set to be arraigned in federal court in Miami on, on Tuesday, we know. But again, as you pointed out, Congressman, and we know it's still early, but he is the front runner for the Republican Party. Uh, how, He's going how do you... to be the nominee unless something happens that we're not aware of. There is no way he means it when he says he's going to prove this very quickly. It is a part of a long string of him being less than candid. Um, so if he wants an expedited trial, he wants to demand, fine, uh, we can accommodate you. <laughs> but there's no way in the world he's really going to do that because it's not in his interest, not when he can wait and have immunity or in his mind uh, or the ability to pardon himself. Back to that, at some point in time, the Justice Department has to change its rules that a seated president can't be prosecuted, particularly if it's for crimes committed Mm -hmm. uh, previous to that term. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the issue here of accountability, right? How does this happen? How how, How does Trump get to skate by like this, or seemingly... Uh, How do you still a, get to run for office, whether or not you're convicted? Yeah, uh, I, I still think uh, the January 6th insurrection 
would prohibit him, uh, the 14th Amendment, uh, I think he'd be excluded. But again, that would be a long, torturous legal fight that would have to play out as well. But there's nothing right now that prohibits it. So uh, President Trump has taught us some of the gaps in the Constitution and in our laws and what we have to do in the future. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, uh, I don't see things changing uh, other than the um, the American people appreciating this and, and perhaps deciding not to elect someone under this cloud. Yeah. So I guess this is a, a long shot then, but it sounds like you don't believe he's going to drop out of the race at this no, point. I think it's in his interest not to, and he always does what's in his interest uh, to hell with the American people. We'll leave it there. That's Democratic Congressman Mike Quigley. He serves Illinois' 5th District, which includes Chicago's north side and western suburbs. Congressman, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Anytime. Let's turn now to what this news means for Trump's presidential run and what it reveals about our political system. Our guest is Alvin Tillery, a professor of political science and the director of the Center for the Study of Diversity and Democracy at Northwestern University. What do you make of the federal charges Trump now faces? Well, they're serious. Um, You know, we've had presidents uh, engage in misbehavior before. Uh, Of course, we're all familiar with the Watergate scandal that uh, led to the resignation of President Nixon. But we've never had a president charged uh, with espionage crimes. Uh, We've never had a president that we frankly worried about uh, with national security documents. So this is a significant moment in our history as a nation and in the history of the presidency. I mean, he's denied any wrongdoing, Professor. Well, uh, Mr. Trump tends to live by his own script. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the law uh, has a different uh, standard. Uh, And, you know, he's, you know, sort of going to have his day in court. uh, And we'll just have to see uh, what the prosecutors are able to uh, to demonstrate in federal court. So we've been hearing the words uh, stunning and historic. Can can you help us take a step back here? Try to help us understand just how unprecedented the nature of these charges are. Well, again, I mean, we've we've had uh, 46 presidents. <laughs> we've had one resign uh, for political crimes, uh, uh, but we've never had a president, uh, you know, accused uh, of a national security crime. Uh, the mishandling of intelligence documents. Uh, some of whom, uh, some of these documents were were were, were largely earned uh, uh, by you know, covert activities on the part of our, our intelligence services. Uh, lives could have been lost, frankly, to get uh, the information that is in these documents. Uh, and for Mr. Trump to brazenly keep so many uh, as if they were his personal property, mm-hmm. and then repeat time and time again. Uh, in the media uh, openly that he did so and that he had the right to do so, despite what the Presidential Records Act says and despite what the Espionage Act of 1917 says, uh, it is really, really stunning (laughs) that anyone would behave this way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, Mr. Trump is a twice impeached former president, so we've seen stunning behavior from him uh, before. This is the second time Uh, Trump has been indicted in just a few months. Now, in March, he was criminally charged on allegations of falsifying business documents related to hush money payments that he made in the the 2016 presidential campaign. 
He's pleaded not guilty. Do you see any differences in, in the strength of the evidence or, or the seriousness of the, the legal issues of the two indictments? The second indictment is much more serious. Uh, and again, we, we, we really uh, don't have the full details yet. Mr. Yeah. Trump has yet to be arraigned. Uh, but in, in terms of context, the second uh, indictment, the second one is a much more serious crime. Uh, the first is a campaign finance violation. Ethically, it's very problematic. Uh, but again, of the 46 presidents that we've had, mm-hmm. many have been uh, problematic figures. Some have frankly been despicable. We've never had a president that we had to actively worry about whether or not they were guarding the secrets of the nation and being stewards of our national security in whatever sort of trajectory that they believe that should go prior to Mr. Trump. Uh, And that's why this is so significant. And I want to remind us that he's also under investigation for his efforts to to overturn that 2020 election result. Uh, Talk more, Professor Tillery, about how that fits into this picture. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that, uh, you know, with the DA Fonnie Willis, uh, her her case uh, in uh, Georgia uh, seems like a very strong one because, again, in that case, Mr. Trump is is, is caught on tape, um, essentially uh, urging the the Republican elected secretary of state in Georgia to find him the 11,000 plus votes that he would need to overturn Mr. Biden's victory. Um, you know, we we sort of have to draw a bright line connection between a willingness to damage the republic, uh, to metastasize uh, the, the lie uh, that uh, the election was stolen from him mm-hmm. uh, in a number of states. Uh, we have to draw a bright line connection between that and his handling of these national security documents. It, it shows that this is a person for whom there is no third rail in American politics and, and, and preserving the institutions of the democracy are less important than personal gain. Uh, and that is very dangerous, very dangerous for the republic. What position do you think these developments put President Biden in? I mean, let's let's remember Biden's also under special investigation for his handling of um, classified documents when he left office as, as vice president. Yeah, I don't think there's any comparison between those two cases. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think Mr. Biden uh, summoned uh, uh, folks to search his uh, properties in the way that uh, Mr. Pence did. And in both cases, they found some documents and, and they were returned uh, willingly uh, as, as part of the, uh, the process. Uh, uh, and so what Mr. Trump did, boxes and boxes of documents with he, which he with knowingly had and withheld for, you know, more than a year uh, at, at, you know, in, in contravention to the demands of the uh, Presidential Archives, uh, National Archives and Records Administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it's just a very different, uh, it's, it's apples and oranges, frankly. Um, where does it put Mr. Biden electorally? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's, it certainly may be an advantage in a general election matchup between uh, himself and, and Mr. Trump. Um, uh, but but I, I think if, if there's anyone that doesn't believe that these charges are going to be used to fuel Mr. Trump's politics, then you haven't been watching America for the last six years. I mean, he is going to fundraise off of this indictment. He's going to benefit from it materially. 
uh, and it may help him in Republican primary politics mm. very well. Yeah, that's the thing. Trump can still run for president, even if he is convicted. I need you to help me wrap yes. my mind around that. Yes. Uh, and frankly, he, he will need to because the money that he'll be <laughs> bringing in uh, to, uh, you know, as part of his campaign, will will we'll, he'll be able to deploy those funds uh as part of his, his um, you know, legal defense. And, and so no matter what happens, unless he's quickly convicted and, and, and put in jail for any of these, you know, uh, potential crimes, uh, Mr. Trump's running for president. Uh, and so I, I think that, that that is something that the, uh, the country is going to have to just you know, brace themselves for. Mm. So, uh, so we're clear, yeah. Professor. You're saying he's able to use campaign funds for for legal defense. Absolutely. Wow. You know, his challengers have have had mixed reactions to his his federal indictment. One of them, I'm thinking of former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who says, you know, he should end his campaign flat out. How do you think this could play out in the, in, the, in the presidential race overall? I, I mean, could it hurt or even help Trump's early lead in this primary? I think, you know, Republican prime, with the Republican primary voters have demonstrated over the last six months or so with the entry of Mr. DeSantis and, and this kind of second and third tier of candidates that, you know, includes Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and Mike Pence, you know, that they're pretty committed to Mr. Trump. Uh, the first indictment did not... Uh, reduce his numbers at all. In fact, his, his lead over DeSantis grew. Um, and so I, I think that you can expect Mr. Trump to remain the front runner for the Republican nomination uh, throughout uh, this arraignment next week. If D.A. Willis indicts him, I don't think that's going to matter uh, with his poll numbers. I do think that people like Mr. DeSantis and Mr. Hutchinson and, and others are playing a long game. They are thinking that uh, perhaps their fortunes will rise mm-hmm. if uh, Mr. Trump falls. And that is a very smart political strategy on their part. Because if he doesn't fall, they're not going to be the Republican yeah. nominee, uh, plain and simple. And what I'm also hearing you say is that this latest indictment is probably not enough to sway Trump's supporters. I, I mean, two-thirds of the Republican caucus that is currently in power in the House of Representatives voted to overturn the election. We've just watched them almost crash the global economy uh, with the debt ceiling uh, uh, increase uh, um, because they are committed to a vision uh, in which they're trying to maximize their power. Uh, And so I don't know uh, in a world in which the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Comers and the others are Daily on cable news and on, you know, in media outlets, yeah. uh, weakening our institutions like the FBI, like the Department of Justice, uh, in a world in which that exists, yeah. I don't see how these indictments hurt Mr. Trump at all. Wow, brings me back to the word we used earlier, Professor Tillery. Stunning, stunning. Yes, <laughs> we'll leave it there. That's Northwestern political science professor Alvin Tillery. He's also the director of the university's Center for the Study of Diversity and Democracy. Professor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
This episode of Reset was produced by Stephanie Kim and Dan Tucker, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather, Maha Ahmed, and Linnea Dominic. Stay on top of the biggest national stories and how they connect to our state and city by subscribing to our podcast. And if you're already subscribed, then consider sharing Reset with a friend or a family member. Sharing our show really supports our show. That'll do it for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.